It's about 8.30 at night. You are laid back in your easy chair, your recliner, your feet propped up, maybe a cup of coffee beside you or a soda. You're watching videos of pastor preaching. I mean, um, maybe you're watching your favorite news program or television show. And somebody comes in the room and says, as you're sitting, you know, you're just getting all comfortable. You're just relaxed about 20 minutes into your program. And someone comes in or maybe 25 minutes into your program and someone comes in and says, what's this about? What's going on? Who's he? Well, who's she? And that seems to play itself out at the Ritchie household on occasion. And I'm usually the guy who's coming in. There'll be a show like Dateline or something like that on. I'm the guy who's coming in and Lori's sitting there and, and she'll say, just watch, just watch. I don't want to just watch. I want to find out what's happened. What did I miss? What is going on? Anyone identify with that? Now, those kind of people may annoy you if you're the one who happens to be sitting there when the other one comes in. But people want to know what's going on. I think there's something about us. There's this curiosity. We, we want to know what we've been missing out on. And what is it that we didn't see? What is the things that are happening around us? And you know, today I believe that the scripture we're going to take a look at kind of explains some of the things that may be going on in your life. I think that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us and wants to kind of bring us up to speed about what's been taking place around us in the spiritual realm. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, says this to us. Consider it joy, pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know, I want you to underline, you know. Because I don't know if we always know that we know. It says, because you know, That the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. James told the people he was writing to, to consider it pure joy when they face diverse kinds of trials. Diverse. Very different kinds of trials. All kinds, when it's diverse, it's, it's not just one kind of trial. It's all kinds of trials and test and temptation. Why does he tell them that? He says, because you know something. I don't know today if we really know that. But James said to the people he was writing to, he says, consider it pure joy because you know. You have an assurance you understand in your mind and you know it in your heart that God is at work doing something. The word trials refers to temptations, tests, and proving. Temptations arise from either internally or from external and outward circumstances and situations. Some of you may say to me, you mean to tell me, Pastor? That I'm supposed to rejoice and consider it pure joy when situations arise that cause me to be tempted to be bitter? Absolutely. Why? Because you know something. 
You know something. When that situation arises that causes you to be, that there's that temptation to be bitter and to be resentful, you know something is going on. What about when your finances are tight? And I have a choice between paying my tithes or paying for another bill. A lot of times we complain about it. A lot of times we get discouraged about it. But James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you have the choice between paying my tithes or paying this bill that's due. Consider it pure joy. Why? Because I know something. Whenever you're tempted... Someone asks you a question. It would look better if you would leave out certain details in your explanation. And you're tempted to leave out those details because those details do not look favorable upon you. But instead, you tell them the whole story. James says, consider it pure joy. How about whenever you're working on your computer screen and a suggestive ad comes on the screen, goes across your screen. The word says that we are to consider it pure joy when you face diverse kinds of trials and tests and temptations. Most of you never thought of it that way. How about whenever you're fighting with your husband and a co-worker in your office seems as if he understands exactly how you feel. The word of God, what is that? That's a temptation to be in place before you. The word of God says that we are to consider it pure joy when we face diverse kinds of trials. When the pressure is on and you are having a hard time, the answer is, I should consider it pure joy. We're to rejoice. Because we know if we handle this right, it will prepare us for a promotion. If we respond to this situation in the proper way, God has something better for me and better for you. For for a lot of us, when we think about the idea of temptation and trials, a lot of us, I don't know about you, I feel bad sometimes when I'm being tempted. I look at myself and I say, oh my, what's wrong with me? Why am I struggling with this resentment? Why am I struggling with this pride? Why am I struggling with this selfishness? Why am I struggling with this attitude? Why do I have to face this now? I shouldn't have to face these things. But James says, consider it pure joy because you know. You know in your heart that God is at work. You know that God is developing something in you. And as you go through these tests and through these trials, God is proving something about you. I talked with someone this week who had a very difficult week. One of the clients called into their office. I believe I'm sharing with you how they told me. One of the clients called into their office and was upset with them. Wanted to talk to their boss. And one of those things where this person's terrible. You need to fire them. You need to get rid of them. What are you doing with this person? How many of you enjoy it when someone like really gets mad at you? Doesn't that really make your day? You love it whenever someone calls in the office and just says, hey, you ought to fire that turkey. I was at a McDonald's the other day, uh, as you can tell, and uh, standing in line and the lady asked, there was a lady standing there, uh, a couple people ahead of us, and she asked, the, the guy was the manager it looked like, and she says, is there a problem today? And he looked at her. 
This is why I was just wondering, because it seems to take so, is, things must not be working well, because it seems to take so long for us to get any of our food. You know, and the guy just smiled. Uh, some of those little comments or things that people say have a way of stealing away our joy. Some of those things, whenever things don't go our way, have a way of, for some people, it messes up your whole day. And my friend who shared this with me said that, you know, they had a choice of how they're going to handle this. We have a choice. We can get angry. We can be discouraged. We can complain and argue. We can fight back. You can go to your boss and all your co-workers and, and say how horrible these people are and justify yourself. Or you can look ahead and see what God is doing in the spiritual realm. And I want you to catch this because this is a perfect illustration of what happens in people's lives every single day. I want you to listen. Earlier in the day, person calls in complaining about this person, how horrible they are, how they need to be fired, how they need to get rid of them. It would seem like, God, where are you at? Why aren't you protecting me in this situation? But in this situation, God wanted to prove something about my friend. He wanted to prove something to them. He wanted to do something in their life. So the person handled it the best they knew how. They had a right spirit. They kept the right attitude. They didn't growl and complain. They, they just went about what they were supposed to do. In fact, they even prayed for the person who had called to complain. At the end of the day, one of their co-workers that, had been praying, that they had been praying for began to talk with them about their relationship with the Lord. And that evening, they were able to pray with their co-worker to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior for the very first time. That person as I understand, had not gone to church. But someone from this congregation was able to spend two hours praying and worshiping, weeping with their co-worker. You see, God was getting ready to use this person. But before he did, he allowed him to be tested. If they had been angry and bitter, do you think they had been in tune with the Spirit? If they had let this steal away their peace and their joy, do you think they would have been in tune with the Spirit so that they could hear what the Spirit was saying? You see, the enemy does this to us all the time. God's looking to do something miraculous. A man or a woman accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is still a miracle today. When God gives a man or a woman a new heart... It's the greatest miracle that can ever take place. God was looking to do something miraculous through my friend. He was looking to do something miraculous through them and use them. And he wanted to use them, but this temptation and this test was put before them. And how they handle it determines many times whether or not God is able to use you and whether or not he's able to use me. If they've been bitter and angry and resentful, if they'd have ran their mouth and spiled it off, do you think that the friend who was their co-worker would have said, hey, I want a little bit of what you got? No, they wouldn't say that because they have enough of that. They need something that's different. They need to see the Spirit of the Lord within us. And by their choice that day, they passed the test. I wonder how many times does God allow us to be tested and right before He brings the prize... Right before, hands over the keys, 
He's watching to see, okay, how are you going to respond? What will be your response? I wonder when we stand before God, how many people are going to stand before God and we're, you know, our works are going to be judged and we're going to give an account of ourselves. I wonder how many missed opportunities there are going to be where right at the edge, right at the edge, we got discouraged and we threw in the towel or we got discouraged and we gave up or we responded in the wrong way. There's a key word that we need to look at, and that word is perseverance. When you face temptations and trials, friends, I want you to know this, that God is at work in your life. And he's trying to produce this characteristic that we all so desperately need. Perseverance. This word means patience, endurance, steadfastness, and consistency. God wants to build up your spiritual stamina. See, there's some of you in the state that you're in, there's places where you have, you have strength. But I wonder if you have stamina. Now, we could go outside here when you think about an athlete. Think about an athlete. We could go out here and play pickup football in the backyard. And there's some of you who, for a, few, for a few plays, you could do some really good things. But after about maybe four downs, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. You'd be sucking air. You'd be like, your legs, you'd be getting Charlie horses and your legs would be giving out. You'd be tired. You'd be weary. You may be stronger than some of these other guys. And you may be more gifted than they are, but if you lack stamina, they're going to beat you every time. Okay? And the same is true in the spiritual realm. That some of us, some of you can do mighty exploits for God. In a moment, you step up to the plate and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and and you can do great exploits for God or, or be used in the gifts or used in this way or that way. But friend, if we don't have staying power, if we don't have endurance... It's the one who lasts to the end. Not just someone who can start at the, at the gates and run really fast. It's how do we finish? How do we complete this call that God has upon our lives? Now, the New Testament defines this idea as a man who's not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and obedience by even the greatest trials and sufferings. If you look at someone like Job, Job would be an incredible example of spiritual stamina. Job would be a great example of patience, of consistency, of perseverance. James wrote that perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In other words, this idea of being mature carries with it the idea of being complete in all of its parts. That no part is found wanting or unsound. That you're complete, you're entire, you're whole. It goes with the idea of God is coming for a church or a body without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Okay, That's the idea that we have here. Now, you may have, the reality of it is, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. 
a chain. You can have a huge chain. Ones that they use like to hold ships in place. But a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. A piece of equipment is only as strong as its weakest part. And so you may have a, a really high dollar piece of construction equipment or, or farming equipment or a very expensive car. And the reality of it is it can let the weakest portion of that vehicle can be the thing that stops it from being productive. The same principle is true in our lives. God is looking for us. He's working in our lives to make us complete, to make us whole, to make us mature. He wants to strengthen those places in your life where you are vulnerable. Okay? That happens through this process of facing trials and temptations and tests. God's proving. Here's what's going on. God wants to prove what you and I really are. Not to show us up or to embarrass us, but so that those places in our lives that are weak, that they can be strengthened. The enemy loves to bring temptation, really two different points to that. God allows the enemy to bring temptation to reveal to you what you are. He allows that. The enemy brings it to destroy you. God has a redemptive work in allowing that. The enemy has a destructive work that he's trying to accomplish. And as you and I cooperate with the Lord, what we find is that God will strengthen us in those places that are weak. You know, it's ironic, we will see, and, and I have friends who you know they're anointed by God. They're gifted, they're talented. They're, you know, you look at them, they're just incredible people, and you're like, wow. But friend, they're only as strong as the weakest part in their life. And unfortunately, there's many of these people who we set up as, wow, look at them, man. I, I wish I could do this like them. I wish I could do that like them. I, I wish I could be like them. And oftentimes we end up being discouraged because they've not strengthened some of those weaker places in their life. When those weaker places are revealed, their ministry and their lives become completely unproductive, all because of a weak point in their lives. All because they've not allowed God to make them whole. They've not allowed God to make them complete. They've not allowed God to make them lacking in nothing. And that's what tests and trials are about. The diverse. It's not just the things that we can understand. It's re- okay. Yes, I see why God is doing this in my life. It makes sense. Keep going, God. I understand. Not just those situations, but even the situations where you and I do not understand. The things that we're saying, this doesn't make any sense to me at all. God is at work behind the scenes. And what he wants to do is he wants to show you those places. He wants to show you those places that are weakness. And in your weakness, Christ's strength can be revealed. Do you realize that the automotive industry spends millions and millions and millions of dollars with quality control, with safety Testing for safety. They take brand new SUVs, brand new Mercedes, and brand new, all different brands of cars, and they take them and they smash them. 
And I'm just thinking, hey, why, why don't you just set that one to the side? I'll take that one. You know, with zero miles, one mile on it. And they take the car out and they run it into a, a block wall. And you're just standing back and you're thinking, wow, why do they do that? Because they want to learn something from it. What they find is that there's places, for, as far as safety features, there's places that if they, they can make improvements on the vehicles. And so they'll take a brand new car and take it out and smash it so that they can learn something that they can improve upon for the safety of their product. And God allows you and I at times to go through difficult things, difficult trials and tests and temptations to reveal to us places in our lives where he wants to change, where he wants to perfect us in. James wrote that perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now let's skip down to verse 12. It says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trials. In other words, the guy who keeps going. Do you realize this? In your relationship with God, you are not defeated until you quit getting back up. You are not defeated. You do not lose until you quit getting back up. You may fall a thousand times, but if you will keep getting back up, you may make a thousand mistakes. But God calls us to keep getting back up. The one who perseveres. Blessed, it says, is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Fortunate, happy, to be envied, is the man who endures. Is the man who endures the test. I don't know about you, but I don't like failing. I don't like failing. I don't like not being able to do something. And for a lot of us, what we do is if you can't pass the test, a lot of people just skip out. And they say in their, in their heads, oh, I don't really care about that. we got to keep going back and retesting. The military will recirculate guys when they fail the test. I can't think of the exact term. Recycle them. They recycle them. They run them back through. Hey, let's try that again. You know, you went through six weeks of training and you didn't complete it. Guess what we're going to do, guys? We're recycling you. You're going to go back and you're going to do another four weeks. You're going to complete this. Friends, God doesn't give up on us. If you aren't willing or are unable to pass the test, I want you to know that you will get to face that test again. Can somebody say amen to that? You will face that test again. You will face that situation again because God is at work perfecting us, sanctifying us. And he cares enough about us. He's just not going to let us bail out on it. He's going to bring that test back around. Because the one who passes the test, because when you pass the test, the word says that he receives the crown of life. One commentator wrote, the crown consists of life. That is the crown of life, he says. He says, the life which is promised, while we know that there's a crown of life, we know that there's an eternal life that God has in store for us. This commentator says this life is also the life here and now. Life in its fullness. Life in its completeness. There's victories in this life that God wants to bring. He wants to bring a fullness and a joy and a satisfaction. And a delight in this life. Not just waiting until you die and go to heaven and receive eternal rewards. But there's also an abundant life. 
Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. There's an abundant life that God wants to bring to his people as they pass the test here and now. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has great things in store for us as a church and for you as individuals. And I want you to know how I know that. Because for some of you, I see the level of temptations and tests and trials you've been going through. Some of you are being tempted in ways you didn't think you'd ever be tempted. And I want to speak to you just for a moment. There's some people here today who the devil was just throwing some really crazy stuff at you. And as he's throwing those crazy temptations at you, you're beginning to question your own spirituality. Okay? You begin to question your own spirituality, your relationship with God. What is wrong with me that at this point in my life, I'm facing this kind of temptation? I should be beyond that. I shouldn't be tempted by these things. I shouldn't be facing this kind of stuff. I thought I was further along in my walk with God. Also with this frequency and the intensity of the trials and temptations, it's increased. I wrote down, it's it's like a rapid fire. Like one after another. It's not just one temptation and God gives you like a, okay, why don't you take a three month break from trials. For some of you, it's almost like it's rapid fire trials. As soon as you get through one trial, through one temptation, through one situation, here comes another. Boom, boom, boom. And, and you know, you're, just, you're growing tired and weary. But that's not what James said. James didn't say, get discouraged and burn out because you face trials. He didn't say that. He didn't say, give yourself a pity party. He didn't say, be depressed. He didn't say, look so deep in yourself and blame yourself for all these trials and temptations that are come your way. He said, consider it pure joy, my brothers, because you understand something. You know something. And today, you may have not known it before, but you know it now. You know something. You know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. That these tests and these trials, God's developing endurance in me. God is developing stamina in me. And the funny thing is, is a lot of times we don't want stamina. We want it to be easy, to the easy route. But we know this, that perseverance has to finish its work. So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. For don't you see that whenever these trials and temptations are coming your way, don't you see what's really going on? On the one hand, if you could see in the spiritual realm, you would see on the one hand here, here's the enemy. He's trying to steal away every good thing that God has put in your life. On the one hand, the enemy's over here and he's trying to destroy your witness. He's trying to destroy your testimony. He's trying to take away your joy. He's trying to take away your peace. He's trying to take away your confidence in God. He's trying to take away your confidence in yourself. He wants you to question everything about yourself and God's call upon your life and God's anointing upon your life and God's touch upon your life. He's over here and he's trying to do that. And on this side, the Lord is orchestrating his purposes and his plans for you. God says, I'm training my son. 
I'm training my daughter. I'm making them into someone who is complete and lacking in nothing. God is on this side overseeing and watching what is taking place. He's orchestrating it. You know, so many times throughout Scripture, we could look at examples of Paul and Silas in prison. I'm sure that the devil and the demon forces of hell were loving it. Whenever Paul and Silas were beaten, when they were arrested, when they threw them in the middle of the dungeon. I'm sure that the enemy thought, in his mind, he thought, look, we've beat them. We've got them this time. Look at them. There they are defeated. There they are in stocks. There they are back in that hole. Nobody can hear them. Nobody can see them. But in the midst of that, Paul and Silas are facing the test. They're facing that trial. And what do they do? They pass the test. Because in the midst of that, they begin to praise the Lord. And they begin to worship. And as they begin to worship, what happens? The prison begins to shake. And the chains fall off of people. And the doors break open wide. And God delivers them. You see, they were facing a test. They were facing a trial. They were facing a temptation just like you and I. But when they passed that test, God had a victory for them. God was revealing, what's really in your heart, son? What's really in your heart, daughter? What's going on there? Where are the places that you need to be strengthened? So instead of being discouraged, instead of being defeated... James tells them, guys, consider this pure joy. Because God is developing character. Because God is making you complete. Because without this process, without this process that maybe some of you don't like, but without this process, God's purposes and his plans for your life would not be fulfilled. You would not reach your potential without this process. Friends, I want you to know this. If you are in the midst of that, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. If you're in the midst of those trials, if the enemy is sending at you all kinds of vile, weird temptations, if the enemy is causing relationship difficulties to come your way, just where there's just seems like there's always a misunderstanding, a temptation for you to be offended or to be hurt by somebody who you know cares about you, but there's that temptation to be angry all the time or frustrated or discouraged. I want you to know this that God is trying to set you up to promote you. He says, I've been watching you, I have my eye on you. Now, here's what's going to happen the way that you and I respond to these trials and these tests. And these temptations determines, it's proof of whether or not we're ready for that promotion. When you pass the test, when you endure, when you persevere, you prove God right because God wants, he wants you to prove his word right. He wants you to prove that you're ready For the things that he has for you. He wants you to be ready for that promotion. He wants you to be ready for that next step. He wants to be able to use you like he used my friend to lead someone to Christ. If you're not going to pass the test, then he... A day with the Lord is as a thousand years. And a thousand years is as a day. My friend, he's got a day. He's got a few hours. He's got a few hours that he can take you through the test again. He has... Time is not a... Time is not, a, is not something, while it's important to us, God is eternal. He has no limitations with time. 
And so if you want to go back and take that test again, you want to spend another hour of your time, if a thousand years is as a day, 24 hour, a thousand years is as a day, if you take 24 hours of a day, 24, uh, 40, we could, God probably has another 40 years. If you want to do that, you know, that's funny, because an hour, 24 into a thousand, would be uh, 40, let me think. Where's my math, people? Okay. So God has a lot of time. He's got an hour. It doesn't bother him to take an hour. 41. Thank you, Mr. Kramer. 41 years, a generation. If you want to waste it, that 40 years, is a generation. If you want to take a generation, if you want to spend 40 years of your life learning a test, God has the time. But you squander it. You'll squander your life. Isn't that ironic? He'll take an hour. But what he'd rather do is for you to pass the test. And what I want to encourage you to do as we're closing is this. I want to encourage you that whenever you face these trials and these temptations, that you just begin to rejoice. Because it's going to change. It's going to change the whole way that you feel it and see things and view things. Whenever these tests and these trials and these temptations come your way, if you in your mind and in your heart and your, your thinking, if you allow your thinking to change and say, wait a minute, God's already prepared me for this test. God's already prepared me for this temptation. I know what the end result is going to be. If I follow the flesh, I know what that's going to lead to. And if I follow the spirit, I know it's going to lead to eternal life. I know it's going to lead to an abundant life because Jesus came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. And so when you face these things, we can face them with joy saying, wait a minute, hon. If we endure through this time, it's hard for a day or so. It's hard for a little while. But if we endure through this time right now, God's getting us ready to promote us. God's getting us ready to bless us. God's getting us ready to use us. God's getting ready to break through on our behalf in a greater measure than what we were prepared for in the past. Friend, allow God. He believes in you. Prove him right by your obedience. Prove him right for believing in you. As we close, I just want to pray for you. Father God, I just thank you for the opportunities that you give us every day. And I know that there's some of my friends who've been facing some crazy temptations. They've been facing some very difficult trials. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that as we worship you and as we seek you, I pray, dear Lord, that you would give us endurance that you would give us perseverance, that you would give us victory, that in the midst of the trials that we could have the joy of the Lord and allow it to be our strength. As we close, I just want to say this to you. If you're here today and you just say, Pastor, you know what? I think maybe you were talking about me. I know that God's got good things in store for me, but I've just been facing some really, it just seems like it's test after test. It's trial after trial. It's temptation after temptation. It's just some weird stuff. Weird temptation. Things I just feel, I should be beyond there. But today I just want God to fill my heart with the joy of the Lord. Whenever trials and temptations come my way, whatever the, whether they come from internal or external, I want God just to fill my heart with joy. Because I know He's doing something good 
for me. I want him to change the way I think. If that's you today, without looking around to see what other people do, can I just ask you to stand up? You just say, God, I just want you to fill my heart with joy. The next time I face that trial, the next time I face that temptation. Now, I want to pray for those of you who are standing. Lord Jesus, as we stand in this place today, we acknowledge, Lord, that without you, we can do nothing. On our own, Lord, we are weak. On our own, our strength grows, grows faint. But Lord, I thank you that you can give us joy. The word says that weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And so I pray, God, that you would bring the morning to so many folks here today. I pray, God, as they seek after you, they've set their heart to please you and to honor you. I pray in Jesus' name that you would build a hedge of protection around each one of them. I pray that when the enemy would come in and try to attack their minds with fear, with doubt, with discouragement, with frustration, he would try to get them to take the easy way out. I ask you, Lord, that the Spirit of the Lord would come upon them. I pray that even as they leave this place, when the enemy brings maybe some crazy, uh, the fiery darts of the enemy come and try to come into their mind, I pray that instead of them feeling discouraged about that, I pray that their hearts, I just pray that from today on, Lord, you do a miracle. And in their hearts, they would laugh and say, oh, God's getting ready to promote me, honey. Babe, God's getting ready to promote me. I pray that they would tell people all around them, on their job, in their neighborhood, in their house, in the church. I pray that they just start telling people, I know God's got something good. He's looking to promote me. He's looking to pour out his favor. He's looking to use me in a greater way because the enemy is coming against me. And I know that he knows God has good things in store for me. Protect them. I pray, God, angels around each person who's standing. Angels of the Lord being around them. The angels of the Lord just protecting their minds and their thoughts and their entire being, Lord. I pray that you would guard them. Your word says you'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. Keep my friends in perfect peace, Lord. Hallelujah. And Lord, I pray that as you promote them, I pray that they would give all the glory to you. All the glory to you, Lord, because you're worthy of all of our praise. I pray that as you use them in a greater way, I pray that they'd point back to you. Lord, as you bless them and as you promote them in, in, their, in their sphere of influence, I pray that all the glory would go on to you, Lord. I pray that as you use them in, in powerful ways in the things of the Spirit, Lord, in their witness, Lord, and in, their, in the gifts of the Spirit, and, and praying for people and ministering to people in their ministries, I pray that they'd come back and give all the glory unto you, Lord, because you're worthy of our praise. We exalt you today in this place, Lord. Be glorified in everything we say and do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.